Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You are listening to Cracking the Rich Code with Miss Marilee. Your insider's club from authors and entrepreneurs across the country giving us their best to help us crack the rich code. And now, here is Miss Mary Lee. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Cracking the Rich Code Radio. I am Miss Mary Lee. Today, I'm really excited. Um, I have Jeffrey Flack with me today. He is um, a speaker, teacher, executive coach. He uh, is certified through John Maxwell. He has over 20 years of experience managing staff and patients. His um, expertise is developing transformational healthcare leadership. And today we're going to be talking about leadership. And I really, really enjoyed his, his whole chapter. So I'm, uh, I can't wait to get started. So Jeff, you there? I am. Thank you, Marilee. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, so Jeff and I were Thanks talking a little bit me. right before. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you know, leadership is one of my favorite, favorite topics, and I love to hear everybody's articulation, you know, about the subject and where they're coming from, you know, what makes a good leader. And um, so I want to talk mainly about that. But you know what I'm really excited about is it says here that, you know, you are a facilitator of the Myers-Briggs test, right? Is that right? Correct. Correct, yes. So I thought yes. it would be it's, fun if I took that test right now, currently, and sh- to share it with you, to get some feedback. I hate to make it all about me, but I want your feedback. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm an INFP-A. I don't know what that means. INFP? Uh-huh, an INFP-A. And um, it says, what was I was really surprised at at the bottom, like it says, mind, energy, nature, tactics, and identity. And on identity, I was 82% assertive. Is that good? Well, what do you think? Uh, how do you weigh that as good? Why don't, well, you know, I don't know because I don't know how they're, they're weighing assertiveness. I know that I'm confident and, uh, some people can be assertive, but be, you know, um, imposing and, and um, insulting. And I don't want to be like that. Definitely not. <laughs> right, right. I can understand that. It, it, it shows that your personality type is in the high 80% range of assertiveness. And assertive people can come across, um, depending on your different personal personality type as you know in your face too aggressive and and that's more the individual's perception and mm-hmm. as far as I learned as being a leader it's being able to read a, other individuals and their body language as well as their communication skills whether they clam up or whether they're ready to interject mm-hmm. communication with you or Right, right. If you're bomb, it it really helped me when I went through the training to understand um, other people's perspective. Because once you understand, and John Maxwell mentions this um, in leadership, once you understand, it's more important to understand than to be understood. Now, that's going to be challenging being an assertive communicator. Um, because you want to get your point out there, it sounds like, and um, you're very assertive at, at doing that, but you got to be able to listen to the other individual as well if you want to communicate effectively. I totally, totally agree with that, and that's why the word assertive um, doesn't quite describe me. You know, and that's why okay. and I and I rated so high, and um, I uh-huh. would think, 
for those who have worked with me or who know me would not call me assertive. They would, um, it's more of a confidence, but assertive, right. uh, I have no problem well, moving forward and being a leader if everybody's kind of like, I don't know what to do, but I'm definitely not in your face. <laughs> right. Mm-mm. So, so yeah. let me ask you this. Would you consider yourself hmm. passive then? The opposite uh, of assertive? I would say that I am, I'm a confident observer. So I don't <laughs> feel the need okay. <laughs> yeah, to always put my two cents or correct people or, you know, unless I'm asked. So if I'm going to wait right. to be asked, I don't really think that's assertive. Right? Right. But if you're going to ask yeah. me, I will it, definitely, you know, give you my, my confident answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't understand these tests. But um, it, 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 I always find it interesting because I don't really take these tests. And people will ask me, you know, like, well, what are you? I'm like, I don't know. Right. And so today I thought, well, it, maybe I should take that test. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting that it, and it's, when you're that strong in the 80% range of assertive, that means that most likely, well, you've answered all those questions assertively. So you, you mm-hmm. didn't choose the words that were passive. That's not your personality type. You're not one to let others make decisions for you. You know, if, if somebody's mm. um, falling on the sidewalk, would you, go run to help them or would you watch them fall and wait to see if other people would help, you know, most likely you'd be mm-hmm. there to, to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. somebody needs help with a problem, are you there to open up and listen to them to help them? Or are you one to just say, well, I don't, I don't know what to do and maybe you should go ask somebody mm-hmm. else, you know, are you in, mm-hmm. assertive in those situations in, in your right. own life? You know, are you deciding where you want to go in life? Or are you just kind of letting life push you around until (laughs) it it finds a position for you? Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't sound like a leader at all, Jeff. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Right? Absolutely not. Heck, no, it's not. That's a wanderer leading a, a um, I don't know, a goalless life. (laughs) Mm. But some people enjoy that. Not everybody is cut out for leadership. So in your in your idea of leadership, um, is it good to be a goal setter or is it more important to be a visionary? What do you think? Well, I think it's more important to be a goal setter because not all great leaders are visionaries. Not everybody is a Steve Jobs or, um, you know, a Richard mm-hmm. Branson or, or – or, uh, um, a, a visionary – per se. Some of them are just great leaders. And first and foremost, when you become a leader, it's not about you anymore. It's about the other people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some great leaders are just great nurturers. I mean, um, look at yeah. Mother Teresa, look at Gandhi. I mean, they were great leaders, but were they visionaries per se? I don't, I don't know that they were. They, they had a certain vision of kindness and good, and greatness mm-hmm. and being humane that was their vision right but it right but it, from a economic standpoint or if you if you bring a great leader in, into um a corporate standpoint um they aren't always visionaries and 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 those great leaders know how to hire the visionaries how to hire the people to to produce the mm-hmm. the products that will um beat out the competition or, or right. if it's in manufacturing so if or if it's, yeah. what's that? If I'm hearing you right, it's like visionaries need great leaders to carry out the vision. Is that right? Absolutely. Right. So and some great not leaders are visionaries. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So the greatest are, what is, are, Go ahead. In my eyes, the, and, it, and it's my own personal view, the greatest leaders are 
the visionaries because they changed the world um, and, and they see the future and, and, and take the rest of us there. Um, but there's also great leaders that create goodness for humanity as well. And um, mm-hmm. that, but so, one could argue maybe that that's their vision. <laughs> right. So what, okay. So in your chapter, you're talking about like what makes a great leader, right? And you're saying that leaders right. are made, right? And okay. So how do we make a leader? First and foremost, they, an individual has to want to lead um, to become mm-hmm. a great leader. If you, if you're, great at what you do in your occupation and you and you go up the ladder and the reason that you're doing it is because you want to make more money or you want status that's not it's not going to work it's not a marriage it's not your your passion um Mm -hmm. a, a great leader is made by educating themselves being the best at what they do um first and foremost knowing that it, it's not about them anymore. Once you become a leader, it's about your your, your steward. It's your staff that's important. Mm-hmm. It's not about you anymore. Right. And you got to constantly hone the authentic. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Hone the. Mm-hmm. Uh, hone the. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Hone the saw. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. You got to constantly be honing the saw. Constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Constantly be on the cutting edge of of what's going on in your industry, and as well as but do you, as do your you staff. Find that even when people are learning, like I know you said that you know you read a book every week. That's one that's a week, incredible. at least. That's great. That is great. That's, it's a great so habit. A speech, yeah. So you just got really good at it, or what happened there? <laughs> well, actually. I, I did get really good at it, and it was accidentally. I had a retina detachment, and um, I couldn't work for a while because I had to – when your retina detaches, they put a gas bubble in your eye, and it's um, you have to, to lie prone um, for six weeks, um, which means on your stomach, and you can't see oh, out of the gosh. eye that they fixed. So what I did is I read – I read and I read and I read and I just poured myself into leadership books. I poured myself into uh, John Maxwell training. And um, mm-hmm. the more you read, I, I don't know, it's an insatiable hunger. It's just, I just want to learn more. And sometimes I read more than two books um, a week. And sometimes it might take me two weeks to read one book. If it's a like the, the last book on capital was, enormous it was like 1200 pages so it, it took me two weeks to read it but I, I consume books um, on leadership and and um, business management yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot to take in um, <laughs> it really is because you have to be able to read it digest it and then not just Keep it in your head, I don't think, because a lot of people can retain things and quote from books, but they don't swallow it, so they're never really behaving in a manner that's being taught. Do you find that? Absolutely. Is that- yeah. It, it, the best way I I have found is as soon as you give it away after you learn it, it sticks. And the more you give it away, it sticks. And I know I had this in building – my business originally, I, w- I had this idea that I need to keep it to myself. But the world is, you know, the corporate world has changed. The, the the world as a whole has changed because of the the internet and all the information that's free. You know, they're they're not looking for right. the specialist for and, and to to hire the specialist so they can get that information. They're looking for the information. So when it's out there, <clears throat> people are gonna start consuming it. So I'm. When I read a book and it's and it sparks an interest on on a new topic, I usually will will either write about it or I'll mm-hmm. I'll just talk about it and and put mm-hmm. it on my website and, it, and then it's able to be viewed at a later time. 
but then it sticks. Right. And the other thing that I found that's very interesting is that it, you know, when it, when I was getting my graduate degree and my master's in, in uh, management, it, it's, when you're doing your thesis, you're looking for that grain of sand, that last, you, you keep hearing the same message over and over and over. And when you start reading, consuming large amounts of books on either leadership or business or marketing, whatever, whatever topic you choose, you start to hear the same thing over and over. It's just explained maybe a little different way. Right. And it, and it's, Mm -hmm becomes that grain of sand and then it's it's easier to Mm. to I see so is there any book since you read so many of them is there any book that stands out in your mind right now that really made an impact the the last one I read um was Simon Sinek's book on finding your why and Mm. it's it's very interesting it's He's he's an interesting speaker. Uh, I think he's like the third most watched TED Talk um, on finding your why. But it, it's not new knowledge. I mean, it was Frederick Nietzsche that said, if you have, if you know your why, you can go through any what. And if you've yeah. ever read um, v- Victor Frankl's Man's Search right. for Meaning, it, he had his why, and that's mm-hmm. how he could go through those horrible what's of a concentration camp, which is mm-hmm. just horrendous, the things he had to go through, but that's the reason he survived. And it's mm-hmm. it's really the essence of being is once you find your why, why you're here, you can do your what's. You can do the grind. You can read a book a yep. week. You can work mm-hmm. 16 hours a day and People will laugh and balk at you and, and mock you and, 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 and think you're mm-hmm. nuts. And may, maybe we are a little bit manic, hypomanic perhaps, but great leaders, that's what they do. They find their why and go right. after it. Yeah, so you're not, um, you know, the people who are making fun of you, you're not relevant. You're not cool because you don't know what's the latest and greatest, you know styles, uh, music, movies, because oh, yeah. you're literally yeah. sacrificing all of that to hone your craft. Right? Correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no it idea. Of, I haven't watched one Game of Thrones, and I don't know what the Kardashians are doing. <laughs> but, I, but, but I know that they're wonderful at – I mean, they need to be studied by Harvard Business Review. They're great at marketing. I mean, they're, they're last – Little Jenner is, I think she's the youngest billionaire there's ever right. been. That's right. Kylie Jenner, I believe People is her name. Just um, to get her there. Just to get her there, they're contributing. I don't understand the mentality. Yep. You know, yep. but people won't love on themselves and do, you know, go spend 20 bucks on a book that's going to improve their lives. But you're going to give $20 to right. this woman so she can be a billionaire. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's counterintuitive. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, my library is vast. Uh, it, it's all marked up. It's, um, I have tabs on it. And yep. for the most part, I can remember where I've, I've attained that knowledge and I can go back and reread them. Um, That's wonderful. That is wonderful. So uh, I can't say that I can do the same. You know, all my books are loved up and tabbed and highlighted and, you know, dog-eared, whatever. But um, I I don't know. I think when I read it, and this might be the INFP thing that we're talking about, but I just read it, digest it, and live it. You know, I literally, like, just um, try to become it. You know, if it's something that really resonates with my being, it's like, yeah, that's the key. That That is truth right there. And then I move on. Yeah. And you become the truth. You know, and I think that's what you're talking about. And, you know, you have to be an authentic leader. Oh, right? absolutely. If if you're not authentic, you'll never have trust. If you don't have trust, you won't Over. have followers. So you only mm-hmm. will lead by title, and that's not true leadership because you don't have mm-hmm. followers. They're just doing it because you have the exactly. title. And... Exactly. 
So you made mention about uh, people who introduce themselves by title first and then their name. (laughs) (laughs) Those social mores, uh, yeah, those little nuances of introductions crack me up inside. And my filter doesn't always work. And sometimes I laugh out loud because it doesn't, you know, I'm working in healthcare. I was intimidated when 20 plus years ago, 28 years ago, I was intimidated by physicians and CEOs and, and then I worked directly with them and that went away. And it, it, it's, it doesn't matter what your title is. It matters what your, your value of a human being you are to other people and how you respect others and how you treat others. And I could care less, you know, if, yep, what it is, if you don't treat people with respect and all the best leaders I've met have been that way. They pick up that piece of paper on the ground they don't call housekeeping it's not below them to um right. sweep the front door you know if if there's a mess out there and uh, and and I think I did reference it in my book it one of my best leaders and um right now he's a CEO of uh over 40 hospitals in in Iowa and the first mm-hmm. time I met him he said well, hi, young man. What's your name? And he, he said, my name's Bob. <laughs> he goes, what do you do? <laughs> and, and and I told him, and he didn't have a name tag on or anything. I didn't know who he was. And he says, well, keep up the good work, young man. <laughs> and then he took off, and he became one of my best mentors. He was the CEO of the hospital. He just wanted to know everybody, and he knew everybody by name as he walked. And um, he was truly authentic he was the same at the grocery store he was the same in the golf course you know wherever he went he was bob that's right and uh that's that's the way you get that comes with knowing who you are really knowing who you are and being comfortable with it yeah and and you're so confident that you don't have to you know prove anything to anybody when you first walk in the door that this is my title i've earned it this is who i am respect me right Right. I think he nailed it on the head right there. It's the, the the people that know who they are, like you said, you become it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that's the essence. All that knowledge, yep. you become that authentic person, that leader, and um, you don't have to tell people who you are because that's who you are. You're not the title. That's you. <laughs> so Right. The, exactly. the title is really and insignificant. My philosophy is if you have to tell people who or what you are, you're not that. Correct. Not that. I would agree with that 100%. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you remove all of the material items and the title, the digits in your bank account, whatever it is, it's just you and I. It's just you and I. How are we going to treat each other? That's who you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when it comes down to love. It's like if you love yourself enough to be respectful to others, okay, then other people will be the same. They they reciprocate, and you start to build that relationship, and then the followers, like you're saying. But I find that people yeah. don't have the ability to remain respectable in their behavior and it becomes very difficult to be a leader. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've seen people miss um, positions that they were, you know, by uh, every means um, highly educated, highly intelligent, um, could recite, you know, laws and bylaws and could recite the profit and loss statements from the last five years and the reasons why and but they were not nice people so they would never be promoted i mean typically the higher up you go in a corporation the more friendly 
individuals are once you get to meet the CEOs mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. and they're, and, and anecdotally the, the ones that I have met have been that way. I've, I've been blessed by great leaders throughout my career and I've learned a lot from them and I have not well, done research on that. So it's just an anecdotal mm-hmm. statement at this point, but. I would say that you can say that because you are literally in the personal development industry. And, you know, like attracts like. So it's easy to say that because we become comfortable in our own skin and it's easier to just be authentic with each other where there are others who are not in the personal development arena. But, you know, there's got to be bosses out there, you know, CEOs uh, of the company. Right. But if there's no development, you know, I have seen, I have seen terrible things, you know, the way uh, bosses treat their organization, the way they act, the way they demand respect, they don't earn it. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, they let their title lead. And it's so unfortunate. And, you know, for anybody out there wanting to be a leader and and lead, you know, it's not the way to go. Personal development is crucial. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I was just listening to that scenario and it's how painful that would be to be that leader knowing that they don't have true followers and sticking to it either for financial reasons or who knows why, but it's, those are the easiest ones to come in as a consultant and improve colleague right. engagement because if you're if you're leading by the old carrot and stick method that doesn't work mm-hmm. with all our knowledge workers anymore we're not you know in service industries you're not creating widgets you're you're working with people mm-hmm. you're working to mm-hmm. help people um to train people to you know in, in my specific lane in healthcare it's it's healing people and and if you're treating right. your your most profitable resource your colleagues poorly your outcomes are going to be poor and in this this um governmental structure now you're not reimbursed for poor results you're actually money is taken away from your organization if you have poor results mm. so mm-hmm. it's it doesn't work so the I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I totally understand that and agree. But again, I think it depends on um, on that organization that you're involved with. I mean, I've seen companies where, you know, employees are stuck there because they're afraid. They don't necessarily respect the leader, but they live in fear of losing that paycheck, and so they have to, yes. you know, basically stick it out and. You know, you know how they say the rich get richer, right? Well, some of these yes. organizations, if you're around long enough, you know, and people get to know your name, then you get one more job, one more job, and you you grow. But the organization itself, people can be bitter. You know, they're not really yeah. liking the boss, and that's so unfortunate because you're stuck. You feel stuck because yeah. you're making so much money. Mm. Well, that's that's. And and that is many of those organizations have taken great falls because of that that mindset. They they become cynical. They become um, they guard their territory. There there's no freedom of exchange of communication because if you say the wrong thing against the leader, yeah. you might be punished for it. And if someone else hears it, they might be able to gain from it if they tell the leader it just provides a very sick work environment and it's it's not a good place to grow and and it ends up with the goals are not concrete the goals are are not if it's an autocratic organization each subdivision is going to become that way and it's not healthy and that organization will 
die eventually or they'll do mm-hmm. things that are unethical to stay in work. And we've seen mm-hmm. that with Wells Fargo recently. The reason that, you know, they were getting bonuses for the wrong thing for opening up new accounts. So they started opening right. up fake accounts and because that's what they were, you know, the metric pressured what you yeah. what you measure, the results you'll get. They wanted new accounts, they and other people were were doing unethical things, so the only way that you could compete with that is do something unethical as well, and all of a sudden they have a class action lawsuit against them, and they're like, well, maybe we were using the wrong metric. We apologize for that. <laughs> it's <like laughs> too late for that. It is. It is. So when you go into an organization that, you know, you see there's there's this going on, you know, that the – the actual employees don't have any respect. They don't have enthusiasm for their job. There's no motivation other than that paycheck. What do you do? Um, That's a great question. It's, you got to go. It all starts with the leader. It all starts with leadership. So if I'm hired in, in middle management and it's, you know, to help consult a manager and I see that, I can consult and tell them what I see. But if they really want to change it in that environment that you've described, if it's that sick, it all starts with the leader. So you got to go to the top. And I always recommend meeting the CEO and see what they're open for as far as changing their organization. And then I can show them statistics. I can show them what has worked in in that industry in the past and what I know works from experience and, and, and see if they're willing to go that route. And if not, usually I won't, I won't make a contract with them because it's, right. it's not going to work. Right. That makes sense. You can't give, yeah, it's- you, you can't celebrate the day, give everybody first prize and then, tell them they're not working hard enough and, you know, give them a t-shirt and think you're going to get right. colleague engagement. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So in listening to that, I have to chuckle a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, so we have a problem here. You know, nobody likes working here and they're not happy. Um, we have to go to the top, but the top is the problem. So now we have a very delicate right. situation because, you know, the top is probably a little arrogant, Right. And doesn't really understand that maybe that, that they are the problem, right? Because it's it that it does start from the top. <laughs> yeah, and it and in some time, in that instance, it might not work, and it's better to not have a contract with a business that's mm-hmm. not gonna listen. Mm-hmm. It, it has to go both ways, it, it, and it's it not really gonna be does. a success story. So it. Why have it on a yeah. on a resume? In it, that's true. It's like it's true because yeah, it would. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like it, it's like if you're a fitness trainer and say the your client kept eating four pizzas a day and and kept drinking beer every night and drinking sodas during the day and and then they come in and they go why aren't I losing weight? You know, are you going to keep that client? That's that's not exercising for you or they're Mm -hmm. going to say, you know, you got to change your ways or I can't help you. Right. I can tell you what to do, but if you don't do it, that sounds like every therapist out there. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the same philosophy. (laughs) Every therapist out there has. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I would have to say in that position, in your position, you'd have to exercise a lot of diplomacy. You know, and grace to go in there and actually tell somebody, a CEO of the company, that well, you know, it's going to start with you. You know, what are you doing? And have them look at themselves because yeah. at that point, it's really hard to dig deep to find the issue to remedy, you know, the poison that's affected everyone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's usually a lot of data because. 
corporations, you know, everybody's data driven these days. I mean, it, do you have where an eye watch? Everybody wants to know how many steps they're making every day, how many mm-hmm. calories they burned. And, 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 and it's the same in big data as in corporations. So they, they have the data out there. You know, why are our employees unhappy? You know, they don't trust each other. Or do you, if they're doing these um, questionnaires, if they're doing these studies themselves, which they usually do because the board's going to make them, change if they're they're having poor outcomes or if they're having a high usually in those situations you have a high turnover rate that's a red flag mm-hmm. the good companies are the oh, ones yeah. where you know you, you can't get into them because nobody quits so right that's and it true. costs a lot of money to especially in healthcare. i think it on average to replace a nurse it's it's upwards of seventy five thousand dollars because of the training you have to go through with a new nurse. So I can't even imagine what a physician would cost. And if these CEOs are having high turnover, they're losing profits because they keep training people instead of working their business and trying to grow their business. They're just trying to stay afloat. And it, 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 um, so usually they're MBAs. They, they know numbers. Only 5% of um, hospital CEOs across the country in the U.S. are physicians. The rest are MBAs. So they, they know business, um, mm. but usually it's the, the people skills, oddly enough, that you need to, to help mentor them with and teach them with. And, and uh, mm-hmm. if they don't agree then they can continue doing what they're doing because <laughs> I'm at a I point know. where it's, I understand that if that's what you want to do, that's fine. It's uh, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't benefit from my services. So I'll go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, um, I think that's why a lot of businesses fail, right? They, they just can't, they can't that? stay afloat. And so that's why a lot of businesses fail. Absolutely. Um, Mm-hmm. Turnover will yeah. kill you, yeah. and, especially <laughs> in a highly technical world. There's just so much training that's involved. Um, it's too expensive mm-hmm. to lose good people. Right. And um, and I, I find that, you know, with this, you know, with cracking the rich code, it's, it's all about entrepreneurship, right? And I find right. that, you know, with this scenario that we're talking about, more and more people are wanting to start their own thing. They don't want to work for somebody else. They want to break out right. and um, start their own. So to somebody who wants to be on their own, this, this topic is so great because, like, who do you need to be in order to create um, that loyalty within your organization, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you with? mentioned it. Hmm. Go ahead. What did I say? No, I, I mentioned. Oh, you mentioned before, like attracts like. So who you want to be is who you're going to attract. And um, mm-hmm. if you want to be successful, you better attract, you you better act su- successful than if you want to <laughs> attract successful mm-hmm. people. Um, right. John Maxwell right. calls it the law, the law of the lid. So if you're like a four on the leadership scale, you're going to attract threes and twos as employees. So you might want to improve your skills before you mm-hmm. go on your own if you're like a four. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you're a, a nine, you'll attract eight, seven, sixes. That's good. If you're a ten, you'll attract the best of the best, you know, and be like mm-hmm. um, Tesla right. so how do we get to, Apple. How do we get to that? Right. How do we get to be a nine or a 10? How do we get to be that kind of leader? What do we need? What skill set do I need? That people would say, yeah, that's who I want to be with. That's who I want to partner with. I feel good there. You got to be able authentic. to look at yourself in the mirror. Just be authentic mm-hmm. and take your gifts that you're born with, the songs that are inside of you and, and hone them, you know. Hone your, hone your, the gifts that you have. Don't work on the, 
you know, I'm not going to learn to walk across uh, New York City's um, tightrope and be, become one of those tightrope walkers because I don't have that kind of balance. So that's an unrealistic thing to, you know, recently the um, the this they just walked across New York City on that tightrope. Did you watch that on TV? Uh-huh. No, I don't. I turn well, it on. <laughs> well, that's not. A, that's, a, that's nothing that I, I. The example is if if it's a ridiculous goal, don't try to work sure. towards that. Take take your strengths, and make them stronger. It, mm-hmm. Don't focus on your weaknesses, and um, and then you can go into the industry, become the entrepreneur you want to be. You know, whether it's opening a sandwich shop or, or. Whatever it is, whatever your dream is, make sure it's well, realistic first, first and foremost, and then hone it and become mm-hmm. it. Well, to your point, you know, about opening a sandwich shop, you know, maybe you just make some really good sandwiches, but you have no idea how mm-hmm. to run a cash register or credit cards or, you know, pay employees. You hire your weaknesses, right? Right. Absolutely. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about the small stuff. Just, you know, get people that you trust, treat them right, and then make mm-hmm. that sandwich. <laughs> that's right. You know, and, do what you do best. I, Absolutely. That's right. And I, I think people get lost because there's so many aspects to running your own business that you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I can't be an expert in everything. And it bogs us down. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and a great a point. That's the and- hurdle. Go ahead, please. Yeah, because I did that exact same thing. I had a a home health business, and I thought I had to be an expert in Excel spreadsheets, and I had to be an expert in billing, and I had to be an expert in marketing, and and I wasn't at that time. That was a long time ago. And because of it, I went back to school and honed the saw and learned more about management and leadership. And then I mm-hmm. further went on to to graduate school and honed the saw more and more and realized I don't want to be an expert in Excel spreadsheet. I don't want to be. Right. That's not my lane. So right. I can hire people to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do. Who love it. Yeah, who love it. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. And we have to remember that there are people out there who actually love it. That is their lane. Let them do their job. Yeah. 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 I think that um as an entrepreneur, uh we we really need to make sure that number one, you mentioned in your in the book, um, our emotional intelligence needs to be there. Yes. Right? And, and what does that encompass? Oh yeah. Mhm. Well, Daniel Goleman was the original author for emotional intelligence and, and really it's just and they're looking at corporations now are looking more at the people that can go through the, the struggles and, and can continue on with the grind and knowing not to yell back at customers when they're screaming in your face, because they're for the most part, they're not mad at you. They're mad at the results that they got, whoever they were dealing with, or perhaps you did make a mistake and they're venting at you and and if you if your amygdala your your primal brain is going to fire off you know hormones and your fight and flight response is going to go off and that emotional intelligence is that ability to realize that's still occurring but that you don't have to run away or punch them in the face or or, or yell at them um you mm-hmm. listen to their complaints Mm-hmm. And it's the same with your peers. Some peers won't like you no matter what you do to them. Just, just some people won't like you. And, you know, when we're younger in our teens, we think everybody should like us. But our parents tell us, well, not everybody will, but still we think that they should. You know, we go through that period mm-hmm. and and become wiser and realize that not everybody's going to like you. And mm-hmm. um, your EQ is very important as an entrepreneur because you got to stay focused on your goal 
and realize if once you have your why, why am I doing this? Because I want to work for myself. Why am I doing this? Because I love making sandwiches that people love eating. I love doing mm-hmm. it. That's why I love doing it instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I hate, you know, trying to struggle with this cash register. I don't even understand technology. Well, hire somebody with that. That mm-hmm. hate is is an emotion, but the reality of it, if you can can understand where it's coming from your inability to manage that cash register then hire somebody that can and it's having that intelligence to deal with it you know um this reminds me going full circle back to personal development it's important to understand too if you want to be an entrepreneur do you want to own the sandwich shop or do you just want to make the sandwiches are you happy just doing that and maybe having a job yep. is for you, right? And we need to understand that about As, ourselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would think that. Uh, I would take it a step further, though, and in, in entrepreneurship, I think is going to become more important in, within the next decade, just due to artificial intelligence and all the automation automation that's occurring um for instance domino's pizza is is releasing smart cars that deliver pizzas without drivers it's just the car delivers and you put in the code and the pizza comes out and then the car takes off so you don't have to um tip the driver i guess because the car is not going to (laughs) care but i think i would freak out if i saw (laughs) that car on the road (laughs) It, it is. It's a little know. frightening. Yeah, you know, where are we going? It's, <laughs> it's scary. It's, well, um, Uber's yeah, doing the same thing with trucking. So trucking. what's that going to do for for trucking jobs? What's that going to do for the people that the Domino's Pizza driver? I was a Domino's Pizza driver when I was 18, you know, mm-hmm. going, to, going to college. I drove for them and like a maniac because back then it was – 30 minutes or $3 off and I've made sure I got it there within 30 minutes. So just driving mm-hmm. like a maniac. So, But I think where we're headed, you know, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, literally it's because the lifestyle, the idea of I create my own time, my money mm-hmm. is unlimited. Right. And I get to focus on the things I love to do and I can do it anywhere I want to do it. Right. Yep. That's, I mean, in, in, in my, yeah, from where I'm standing, I mean, if I owned a sandwich shop, I probably couldn't do that anywhere. <laughs> I'd have to be there, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's literally time freedom. It's freedom. It's doing what you love. The old saying, if you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Um, it's true. When mm-hmm. I love, I love speaking. I love, mentoring mm-hmm. CEOs. I, I, I love to build businesses and then say, Hey, that's how you do it. Thanks. And then go on to the next one and build it up again. It's, I love it. I love it. And once things are running, I get somewhat um, bored, you know, in, in mm-hmm. those d- director positions that I was in, once everything was kind of tapped out, I, got kind of bored. I'm like, well, somebody else can take this over. Why don't I go look at a different part of the business and try to make that work? I like yeah. to make things work. So Yeah. It's, That's very it's fun. Cool. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. And I think, um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the TED Talks in your chapter. And, yes. you know, it's like, what, what, are, what are we watching? Are we watching TED Talks? Are we learning things on YouTube? Or, you know, are we watching the Kardashians? Right. What are we doing? <laughs> right. Right. Well, mm-hmm. that's, an, that's another we... industry that that is changed dramatically because there's over six, I believe, six billion hours daily on, on YouTube, which is just unfathomable wow. how many hours that can be. But that's what they're watching and they want to watch it for free and they want to learn things quickly and they want to 
So put your stuff out on YouTube, you know, get to do it. I haven't done a TED Talk. I have a book on a TED Talk I haven't read yet, but that's mm-hmm. one of my goals is, is to do a TED Talk on leadership. It's TED Talks are 18 minutes of compressed information mm-hmm. of whatever whatever topic you want to listen about. It's It's very interesting mm-hmm. and it's quick and it's top leaders in the field are speaking, so... Take advantage mm-hmm. of it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Turn off exactly. the Kardashians. If you want to become an entrepreneur, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. turn off exactly. the batch, the Bachelor or Bachelorette, or I don't even know if they're both on or what, but I don't just either. stop wasting time and start working towards your goals. Right. Yeah, start looking at your habits. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Just like when you were saying, you know, if I'm going to have the pizza and soda and stuff, but I'll go to the gym. It's like, no, but your habits are killing your efforts. Right. That's, yeah. And the same with an entrepreneur. Your habits, you know, if you're not, um, like you said, honing the saw, if you're not reading the book, if you're not learning more about what you want to do until you finally get to a point where you're like, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I can do this. That's where you want to be. You have to find that yeah. I'm good enough in order to have the courage to, to cross over. And well, I would argue that. Oh yeah, tell me. <laughs> Absolutely, I, <love> <laughs> I would argue that you might not ever feel good enough, so jump in and make your mistakes. <laughs> well, that's true I've, too. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. As a somewhat of a wanting to be somewhat perfectionism, um, it's harder to jump in because you want to make sure you you. I didn't want to make a fool of myself in my speeches. I didn't want to trip over my words, you know, but it happens. You're Mm -hmm. not going to nail it every time. And um, Mm -hmm. one thing that really helped me um, with decreasing that worry is, is doing improvisation at second city in Chicago for three years. I did improv and I was up on stage and you, you, you learn to think quickly and, Mm-hmm. You get instant gratification or, or or instant what? <laughs> you know? Right. But it's, I love it. But it's that good. Is great. Mm-hmm. That you is really to great. Well, I, I totally agree with you. So it's, it's not really one or the other. I, at some point, you have to realize you're good enough and that whatever comes, comes. You're going to roll with it. You know, you're going to mess yep. up because that's what life does. You know, you're going to have things you just go oh my gosh I don't know how that happened but we're going to suck it up and move on (laughs) and just uh, get better laugh at it laugh at yourself and be proud of the journey you know just be proud of it Um, I feel like if we're if we're stuck you know in our fear unable to move forward in what it is you know I want to do years go by and then you look back and you think I had all that time to do that why didn't I? What, is, what am I so afraid of? Mm-hmm. What am I afraid of? That's what stops us from yep. doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We've got to lose our fear. Yeah. Write your goals down and figure out a way to achieve them. And um, all those are excuses are are the general population's way of, pacifying the time and, and not doing what they really want to do. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it can be done. Yeah, like said, it's hard, but it, it's hard. I think it's harder to do stuff you hate than to the hard I stuff agree. to do what you love. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. That is so true. And, you know, and the things like I have people tell me, well, Marilyn, you know, I want to be a speaker and I, I want to motivate people and I want to do all this stuff. Okay. That's fine you got to get out of your own way. Just do it. You know, do a live yep. video right now. You know, face your fear and just get on. Mm-hmm. And if you mess up, whatever. But I bet you afterwards you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I did it. <laughs> yeah. And that little bit of encouragement, self-encouragement, takes you so far. That's how we get to be, you know, wherever we are. Because we took a chance. Take a chance. Yep. Mhm. And just like and um, with these, with the book, 
you know, in writing this book and being a co-author and cracking the rich code, there's so much knowledge in here. And it's just such a beautiful place to get to know people. Absolutely. It's, it's been, Mm. been a fantastic journey so far and, um, getting to speak with others and getting to be on your show. And then I'll be able to have this, um, you know, recorded and other individuals will be able to listen to it and I'll be able to use it as a reference. And it's just been a great journey. It's just been, you know, I stepped in Mm -hmm. the water and swam to this beautiful place and I looking around, I still can't (laughs) believe the opportunities that are here. It's been fantastic. So, mm-hmm. and um, would you agree that most everything that we come upon is because we had the courage to say yes? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all those negative little thoughts were going through my mind when I first got a, got an email from from Jim Britt. I'm like, was this guy, is this legitimate or, you know, all the <laughs> cynicism was going through my head and um, all the naysayers that have said things in the past, all that stuff went through my head and I'm like, Oh gosh, what just, do I, can I really write it that quickly? And it, mm-hmm. do I, and then I started, I, I stopped myself and said, wait a minute, I'm an expert on this. And when I speak, mm-hmm. people listen, and they mm-hmm. ask questions, and they're interested in what I have to say. And the knowledge mm-hmm. that I think is general knowledge is not general knowledge because I've spent so much time and energy learning about it, practicing it, failing, and learning better ways. Mm-hmm. Heck, I'm going to do this. And here right. we got Tony Robbins, you know, on the front of the book that's, uh, endorsing it as well. It's it's just been yep. an incredible journey. So mm-hmm. Jim Brett, exactly. Kevin Harrington, uh, Tony Robbins, Joel Sacita. It, mm-hmm. It's just been, uh, it's quite been a, a great experience. <laughs> it really yep. is. It really is. Fast and, and furious. You know, to, <laughs> that's right. And to your point, you know, you, it's. I think it's human nature to sit there and be cynical and, and think of all the, the cons, you know, why we can't do that, the barriers, and, you know, be smarter than that, this and that, whatever it is that we're thinking. But, you know, a change in perspective will change your whole life. If you just look at it, like for me, I just look at it and I thought to myself, what an honor. What an honor to join yeah. all of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to come of it. That, that was my, my attitude when it was introduced to me and offered to me. I was like, wow, I am so honored. Yes, the answer is yes. And I didn't think about, you know, uh, my my ability to do it. I just thought I would speak from the heart and, yeah. and move forward. That's all you can do so in what, life. What, what's been your greatest mm-hmm. takeaway from it? The experience um, from the experience with cracking the rich code. I yeah. would say being able to speak with all of you guys, the co-authors, and read these chapters mm-hmm. and know that I mean, I just love hearing everybody's perspective. And then, what an honor it is to you know to have the show to be the one that's interviewing all of you to hear you personally. I, I just. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to Jim and to the crew and, and um, my perspective changed just by reading the, the chapters. I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. just love it. it. It adds value to my life. I think, you know, initially we're, we're brought to the book to add value to everybody else's life, but by doing the book, it brought value to my life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And being on your mm-hmm. show has brought, you brought me some new perspectives and um, made me think, you know, Thank you. about why Thank we you. do what we do. So mm-hmm. it, it, exactly. it's been an honor to be on your show. Well, Absolutely. I, Jeff, I really appreciate you being on the show. And, and um, you know, for everybody out there, if you would like to read Jeff's chapter, then please uh, go to Marilee at BritVentures.com. And um, just say that you'd like a book, and we'll get you set up, and uh, we'll get back to you. 
And Jeff, again, thank you so much. It was it's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it, and um, I would look forward to seeing you again. Is there anywhere I, I, I do as well? Tell, yes. Tell our audience where can we find you? Other than the book. Oh, you can find <laughs> me at um, the book. Uh, you can find me at work with Jeffrey Flack. Dot com. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Flack, F-L-A-C-K dot com. Um, or you could find me on Facebook um, or LinkedIn. Um, Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, and I don't have those addresses on. <laughs> That's okay. Everybody, thank you so much for listening in and for joining our conversation. Please share the show. Just share the love. Um, help somebody out there who might need to hear this today. Thank you very much. Oh, you know what, Jeff? We ran out. I think it cut us off. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, that was awesome. Yes. I, I, I was. You know, you didn't give me a. You didn't give me an outline. So you, are you sure we're off now? <laughs>